to to listen to some of the pain that they have to go through is is incredible when you know that it's not just about my sexuality right, right. so you you have you you have uh, people that are shocked at mothers mm. who are defensive of their gay son Hello everyone and welcome to today's episode of the Evolve Radio podcast. My name is Pastor Wa with my co-host Mr. Sami Moredi, the Unreverend. What's up my brother? I'm doing very well. I'm doing very well. This is a very early morning. It's three o'clock where I am right now, 3 a.m. <laughs> yeah. So um very excited about uh, what we're about to talk about today. The last time we talked about your story and I have people have tons of questions about about your story. That is very interesting. Yeah, there are some people who want to re-reverend you. <laughs> so, <laughs> They said, they said, Pastor, okay. what are you going to do with Sami? You need to uh, hook him back. <laughs> so uh, I have an assignment from uh, uh, some people to make sure that you come back to the fold and back into the ministry. Well, I am in the ministry talking to you, brother. <laughs> yes, you are. <laughs> mm-hmm. How are you? How is uh, DC? Um, it's do- we're doing very well. The weather is changing. Um, so it's um, all windy and rainy and uh, leaves are falling off and starting to look very ugly. But um, yeah, we are definitely, with the season changing, new ideas are coming up. Right. So I'm excited about today's podcast uh, because... Um, I'm, I live right in the middle of uh, decision making. Yeah, uh, that you know, this is DC. This is where the seat of power is uh, for this country and for for a lot of the earth. You know, for yeah. a lot of the planet. Right. The conversation that we're about to have today, right, is being had right here in DC. Mm. Um, and to as far as what faith and scripture and life is about right an intersection of all three that's yeah. fantastic yeah well and you guys are yeah because also politics is heating up over there so that's that's certainly something that, that we can understand but yeah today this this today's episode is interesting because we're we're, we're we're starting a new series on the podcast we're going to talk about the gay question and the faith and the gay question we i just we just recorded an episode uh, that will be released after this with a gay Christian, a gay Christian person. And we'll have a couple of interviews and conversations as well with people who belong to the LGBTI community and their journeys of faith. And this is going to be very interesting. But this this whole conversation is very emotive. There's literally a visceral reaction when when this whole gay story comes up. What do you think that is, Sami? Well, I, I don't know if it's just the gay uh, Christian circle. I think the gay, the, the, I mean, uh, the evangelical uh, Christian circles. I think having scripture and a book that um, it's so very clear about uh, homosexual behavior is, yeah. is one thing. But in the absence of the Bible, yeah. would the reaction have less visceral? That's a good question. I don't know. I th- I think I, I mean at some point we might even need to get an evolutionary biologist or some social psychologists and scientists to help us think through it. But it's just interesting to me that I think there's some social conditioning as well and messaging that goes around that paints homosexuality as one of the most I guess ultimate crimes or ultimate evils and sins that uh, a person can commit, right? Right. Yeah, and that then feeds into that whole 
reaction and the, the thing about it too is you know I, I think so society and how the community affirms values to each other you know i think um it, it is easy to come up with the argument that our only heterosexual uh, relationship and heterosexual engagements yeah. are good for society because mm. uh we understand innately that this uh produce babies right and that babies and and that homosexuality does not right right um however is is that what people are thinking when <laughs> when when they 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 filled with hate to the point of you know like you said um that there's even a you know kill the gays kind of movement mm. uh, somewhere i mean well, yeah in uganda yeah there was a uh, Oh my gosh yeah it's it's a bill was pushed in parliament had the support and I'll tell you what I mean for me I was really bothered because it had this it really had the support of a lot of christian churches and really it was just the human rights and guys who champion the safety and well-being of others who are who are pushing back against it there's not a single church that came up and said hey you guys bana why are we pushing about killing people for uh, choices on their sexuality their personal choices on their own sexuality but i mean yeah it was yeah. like why why are we killing people at all absolutely you should be bothered <laughs> but but again there are people who look at the scriptures and say god rained uh, fire and brimstone on uh, sodom and gomorrah why why not yeah. do it now you know the thing about it too is is um for for me it is just a little bit shocking and and a little bit less there, there needs to be some self evaluation uh, mm. that doesn't seem to be happening because if if you talk to most people that went to for example high school or boarding school yeah uh, if you talk to anybody that has lived in the same neighborhood for years and years and years mm. everybody is going to have a story about a homosexual person somewhere so the, this conversation i think uh, the fact that we have a word called homosexual mm. uh, we have a very elaborate system of how to deal with homosexuals in scripture yeah i i think i think you have to stop yourself at some point from the the fact that we all know something yeah. about uh, a homosexual person or someone somebody that people thought was homosexual yeah. somewhere in yeah. our lives and so um it's interesting to me that the same people would come out and say you know hey, throw them in jail as if it's a new thing as if um you know people right. have suddenly decided to become homosexual and you know again yeah. there there we go um yeah. is it a decision i remember many years ago i mean i having this conversation with someone and, and i can't remember where exactly it was or i was reading somewhere it was like but why would i wake up or why would anyone wake up and decide that they are going to be homosexual right i'm going to be attracted sexually attracted to my gender yeah because i mean the, the the notion that you know some people are there's been a huge debate are people born gay or you know do they choose to become gay and it seems to me like the conversation around most circles is you choose to become especially in evangelical or african even african setting is that something you guys decide uh, or it's just right. something that you put on yourself um right. and if you want to repress it you can you can deal with it but it doesn't i, I don't know science there doesn't seem to be science that proves it it doesn't even seem like this is this was very baffling for me i think even as as you know as a pastor it still baffles me that like people who actually so struggle with homosexual desires and attractions and tendencies it seems like it's not curable it seems like it's it's more innate and deeply rooted than we think so right and that's very complex how do you even deal with that i know i think i think um you know it it's 
it's hard to it's a hard conversation to have and i think um e- even you and i having this conversation um it's out of many years of just personal engagement but the, the fact that you have to start with making that person the other right. they're not like me Mm. They, are, they are they are engaged in a behavior I do not ap- agree with. I do not approve of. Right. And so, therefore, they are less deserving to be here than I am. <clears throat> you know. Um, and so, therefore, they are less deserving of education. Mm. They are less deserving of access to justice. Right. They are less deserving of access to um, technology. They are less. They are other. They are less. And and, and you know. It, now that we're talking about it, you know, uh, bringing xenophobia. Mm. What is xenophobia about, right? Yeah. Um, it is the other. It's you're not us. So, so you're not us. This is this is what uh, this is tribal politics. That's what uh, I think Dr. Jordan Peterson calls it. It's, it's tribal, right? T- where we right. We descend into our little tribal cocoons and anyone outside of that cocoon is an enemy whose only way to resolve it is to neutralize them. Yes. Their very existence is problematic. <laughs> oh my goodness. So that explains but that explains the the, the, the visceral reactions then. It seems as though that con- conversation triggers <laughs> triggers a tribalistic, a, a tribalistic uh, reaction. reaction inside of right. us. I mean, it's the same thing right. even when... So, so like, I live near Kibera, and, I mean, we just had the elections. Yesterday, the elections. And, I mean, it's so obvious. It's unbelievable, dude. This, these are people who live together as neighbors for years. They they suffer the same pains, the same problems. Like The, the same children issues. are friends. Yeah, the children are friends. But you guys, the voting that happened was completely along tribal lines completely. Mm-hmm. There was Luos who voted one way. There was, well, there's this this guy called Mariga who's, who's being pushed by uh, you know, Jubilee, I think. Guys, another tribal block voted a particular way. There were lawyers who voted a particular way. It's insane. And yet people, dude, <laughs> we eat the same food, drink the same water, right. take, we, the same matatu. take the same matatu. We suffer the same yeah. pains and struggles. But the moment the moment you mention tribe and politics, people descend into these cocoons. It's it's intriguing to watch it play out. And this is, this, I think that's it right there, right? Is the fact that um, because you're other, mm-hmm. whether it is because of a tribe or yeah. race uh-huh. or sexual behavior, wh- whatever it is, even the color of skin, yeah. you know, light-skinned people versus dark skin, you know, I mean... Think about it. Hmm. Um, the urban-rural divide in Kenya. Right? Yeah. You, you have, you know, the urbanites, people born born town, so to speak. Right. 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 Completely unable to be in a conversation with a team or a group or even be in an office happily because they all have very heavy accents because they're from the rural area. Yeah. And vice versa. I, I went to high school. I remember going to high school and being called a royal, <laughs> <laughs> meaning royal family. Why? Because I was from middle class Kenya and I couldn't speak my mother tongue, um, you know, very eloquently. Country, yeah, and so therefore the other, and literally all through high school, yeah, I was always the other because I was from a city. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, that makes sense, and and. I guess that's what it is then it's, it's a whole tribalistic it appeals to something tribalistic in us very primal because that visceral reaction that people get towards anyone that's gay or even that's talking about that whole LGBTI question then explains it and it seeps into religion it gets into church and I, I just find really like Jesus loving people do not know what to do with it other than 
condemn it in the strongest visceral terms possible or available to them right my problem though, though then is is two is is twofold one is what would jesus do with them because we know even if even if you consider you even if we're going to sit and say okay homosexuality is sin it's evil it's wrong it should not happen uh even if we say and say no people are not born that way fine but what would jesus do because we know jesus had an affinity for sinners who were very were really outcasts of society at that time i mean you talk of prostitutes you talk of tax collectors who were thieves fishermen the tribe didn't like them the tribe did not like them and i mean uh, one of one of the interest, uh, intriguing uh, stories i've always read and kind of spoken off from what has been when jesus is in um uh when he was reclining at i think it was simon's house and this prostitute comes in with this uh, alabaster jar and breaks it and begins to uh wash his feet with her tears and and her hair and it's and jesus is chilling out there and it's a huge scandal i mean it's like a massive scandal like wait a minute if this guy is really a prophet or the son of god as he claims to be does he even have an idea of what sort of woman is this who's touching him she's touch do you even know those hands who (laughs) where those hands were last night you know i mean that that sort of a thing and these these are people that had practices including washing of hands that were ritualistic right right these are people uh, the Pharisees had had a tradition. I remember um, this from Bible College. The Pharisees had a tradition yeah. uh, where they could not even have eye contact with their own daughters because it was uh, that kind of. It, it was. It was. They had rules about sin. So, for example, the Ten Commandments says, "Do not commit adultery." In order to protect that rule, they came up with other rules, and in order to protect those rules, they came up with more rules. Yeah. And if you if you read through the Gospels and you read through about what Jesus is talking about when he says, "You Pharisees," and he calls them brood of vipers, mm. if you read about what that whole brood of vipers was about, it was about these impossible rules and rulemaking that even you are unable to keep yeah. as Pharisees and Sadducees, you know. And that was the thing is, they got to the point where they could not even be in the same room pretty much with their daughters, their own daughters. Wow. In order to obey, do not commit adultery. Man. Rich man, please have some faith. I've come to you because I lost my way. Here I am with my back of shame. Don't send me away. I need you now. I need you here. I need you everywhere. I need you now. I need you here. I need you every day. I need you now. I need you here. I need you every day. I need you now. I need you here. So, so you have you have people that had ritualistic washing of hands. I mean, Jesus addresses it particularly. Yeah. Ritualistic washing of hands, mm. while their hearts are very, very <laughs> unclean. Right. And so, but because you're you're seen to be able to wash hands, um, you know. So, so now think about it, right? You have people who ritualistically wash hands mm. every so often, every day. Yeah. 
and then they watch this woman come up <laughs> yeah <laughs> and you know crack that alabaster jar open which was her pretty much her entire savings right probably from what she did anyway right <laughs> it is it is it is incredible and and it's and, incredible. and it is. i think i think that is worthy of interrogation is just what what was jesus what was jesus's context when when he was addressing these societal evils yeah. um and and why was he so visceral yeah <laughs> about the Sadducees and Pharisees right. Pharisees right he was um and so you 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 have a whole group of people who want to clean up the culture yeah that was their entire agenda way to operate in. Yeah. yeah this is this is how they showed up in society mm-hmm. when they showed up there was all kinds of things they they even had veils covering mm-hmm. their faces in order to reduce the likelihood of contact with sin yeah <laughs> so you, you have to see you have to look at where Jesus was coming from and what he was addressing and who he was talking to exactly and i think sami that if we're going to talk about the church being relevant 15 20 30 years down the line this whole gay conversation is not going to go away and at some point i think pastors who are really who love their cities who are concerned about impacting their cities and leading their churches to do good and to serve in the cities this whole mistreatment and visceral reaction and hate even in some instances castigation and whether you agree or disagree with the homosexual lifestyle i think there is a serious need to sit back and look at some of the attitude and the posture that the christian evangelical world has taken towards the lgbti community and how harmful it's been and be willing to begin to roll back some of the things that have been said and done because i think they've been harmful not just on a religious platform or on a religious level but really on a just a human level um Mm -hmm. It's extremely dangerous for for someone to be homosexual and outed. If you're gay and like even in Uganda, eh? I we recorded an episode on the road in Uganda. If somebody wants to take you out, all they need to do is to say you're gay, mm-hmm. yeah, and it's over for you. Like literally, right? You 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 might just lose your life. And my concern is in such a hate-filled environment, where are the people who love Jesus, man? Where where yeah. are the the champions of the love of God uh, in saying no, you may not ag- you may not agree, but you cannot dehumanize, and we cannot we cannot. It's just not acceptable for us to treat a fellow human being, a fellow brother and sister like that. You know, and just you know, the, the implications of what you're saying, right? Right. Um, yeah. So, for me, for example, is. Just how does it show up in society? So let, let me let me let me just say you know I I went through a, a transition uh, you know a, a change in my own philosophy as far as what homosexuality how I'm gonna deal with homosexuality. You right. know? I moved here. I, I came to the states. Um, I got a job where um, I quickly became a, a manager and mm. was responsible for hiring. Yeah, and I hired you know gay people. Right. And you know, you have to understand. I just moved back from Kenya. Yeah. Um, and this one girl that was that, that I had hired, um, she did not have a clear way to get home, uh, which was right on my way back to my, to where I lived. Mm. And so I, I, we would work together, and I would, you know, she would wait for me to close up, and we'll get in the car, and I'll drive her to her to her apartment. Mm. 
between work and her apartment there were all these conversations that we would have and like for example she would ask me oh so sir pastor uh, sami you are pastor right hey can i ask you a question uh. and i'd be like okay sure <laughs> yeah and she she would go off she would start talking about her girlfriend and how her girlfriend gets drunk every night and mm. how she would find her sometimes completely drunk in the bathtub right right so pastor sami you know pa- you, you are pastor how how did you how what would you what advice would you give me and the more we talked right over and over again when I gave her a lift back to her house yeah the more human she became hmm. she was number one we which is funny by the way we got hired together yeah on the same day yeah and then I became her manager right so we started out as friends first and then I, I became a manager the more I interacted with her as a human being hmm the more the question became not um is she doing right and wrong or wrong the question became why does it matter to me so much mm. i had to ask myself why is it so wh- why is this uh, her, her sexuality so important to me and i had to give it up i had to let it go i'm like you know what of all the people i've hired she's the hard, you know uh, or the teams that i've worked with yeah she's the one that raised the most money hmm for children all over the world it was a fundraising job right and so i had to ask myself i really you know i would drive home mm. after dropping her off yeah. and ask myself does it really matter yeah. what where she is tonight who who she's sleeping with or does it matter more that she shows up tomorrow on time and keep doing what she's doing because she's changing lives wow and i think that is that that's that's what it comes down to is yeah. if, if anybody listening to this podcast has some suspicions about a colleague or a relative or mm-hmm. a friend mm-hmm. or or some stranger that just moved into the neighborhood right you have to ask yourself does their value come from what they're doing behind their their door their closed door does their value come from who i which other adults i see them walk into the apartment with mm. or does their value come from that they 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 are able to to pay taxes right that they are part of a team at work that is is pulling hard to to make Kenya a better place or to make America a better place right that they if they're in the military mm. that if 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 I'm in the military with them and and I get shot that I'm hoping <laughs> <laughs> that they would have the sense to put me on their back and drag me away to safety mm. so so i th- i think the the implications for society is and and for anybody listening is you know you have to ask yourself why is it so important that this person is snuffed out mm. or that this person doesn't do what they're doing in front of you or that their rights why is it so important what is it that is inside of you yeah that makes it that so important and yet um they could actually be a person that um is yeah. helpful and important to society by the fact that they are a citizen of this country or of this community or of this neighborhood oh wow and that their value is doesn't come from um what they do because they are not there asking well who do you sleep with <laughs> right if if we all started being concerned about who <laughs> with sleeping with i guess um i just answered the question i was you about did. to ask is yeah it's a, it's all about tri- tribalistic uh, a tribalistic uh, right. approach it's it's who you see to be you know part of your tribe right i i don't think i could have said it any better than you have 
I think that whole obsession with, you know, what people are doing behind closed doors, which therefore causes people to dehumanize each other, because then you stop looking at them. It's interesting, you said, um, the lady you were working with, that the more you spent time with her, the more human she became. You developed an awareness before that you were not looking at her as a human being. You are looking at her purely in a scope of her sexuality. That becomes your reference point to that person. And I think that for this conversation to move forward, it's for not just the Christian community, but the world uh, around a society, especially for Africans, for us Africans, to have a conversation, to sort of lift up our sights over and above sexuality. Other than who's sleeping with who or what they're doing behind their closed doors, what is this person's value as a human being? And to humanize them. And I think I think from that, that's what's going to change um, this conversation, I guess. Um, right. And I guess that's what we're going to be doing in the next uh, series, isn't it? We're going to be talking to a couple of people who actually are in the LGBTI community uh, and I've had an experience of faith and some of the stories are just heartbreaking. I know I know you've listened to some of them. Isn't, isn't it heartbreaking though to just... Uh, it is. Um, yeah. Yeah. In fact, um, to listen to some of the pain that they have to go through is 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 incredible. Um, that this person is... What it comes down to is their sexuality. Yeah. When they are out here trying to say, I am not just my sexuality. And and why do I have to keep proving myself to you mm. <laughs> when you know that it's not just about my sexuality? Right. right. So you, you have, you, you have uh, people that are shocked yeah. at mothers mm. who are defensive of their gay son. And people looking at the mother and saying, are you kidding? Are you going to defend him? Mm. It's like, do you understand he's my son? Yeah. <laughs> at the end of the day, I don't care what you think or what you have to say. Yeah, that's my son. He's my son. Yeah. That's my son. I have a relationship with him. And I think that's that's part of what needs to happen is the ability to sit in a very uncomfortable space mm. with people that make us uncomfortable. Yes, I love what you just said because a couple of years, maybe two, three years ago, I, I, I really made a conscious decision to sit still to allow discomfort to be part of my life mm-hmm. um, and to actually embrace discomfort. And just the amount of growth that has happened uh, in my own life is incredible. And so the funny thing is, is that it's almost as though it's a skill that you have to consciously do and really swim upstream in deciding, you know what, I'm going to sit and I'm going to listen. I'm going to interact with people who are completely different. It's very uncomfortable who people who are outside of my tribe. But we know, I mean, even yeah. even social experiments that have been done, when people, when you travel, when people travel, when people go outside of their tribe, they come back more tolerant. They they come back with a wider view of the world and a yeah. better view of the world, and and they're more collaborative and more helpful to mm-hmm. to people who are different from them. And I, my sense as a pastor is like, you know, I think the the church doesn't. We need to have this conversation to push this forward. And one of the ways I think we're doing here at Evolve Radio Podcast is we're just gonna talk about this very uncomfortable um, <laughs> issue, and we're gonna hear stories, I guess, from. Uh, from um, people in the LGBTI community.
my, my contribution to the conversation is going to be force <laughs> that discomfort. Yeah. Uh, because I, I, to, to, to be very candid with you, Patawa, I think as a former pastor and, and as a person that has, has been behind the pulpit, mm. for me, the very fact that there's a book that the church holds on to mm. <laughs> that clearly, clearly, clearly addresses the homosexual lifestyle yeah. and completely vilifies it. Mm. is the beginning of the disabling of the conversation mm. and so and so for me as you as you push back on on, on the church i am I, I i'm concerned that that pushback could be disabled by the fact that there's a book that is evidence against you you know so so i i th- i believe i believe in what you're saying i believe yeah. that um you know uh, jesus what would jesus do is a very valid question yeah but right before you ask about jesus you have to ask what would moses do (laughs) and right after jesus you'd have to ask what would paul do right and you have jesus right in the middle of Mm. two big huge biblical characters that are completely against it Mm. so uh and, and not just completely against it as homosexuality right just um well for uh, a very controlled environment when it came to when it came to um their their tribe or mm. their community or their church yeah so for me the promotion of the tribalistic visceral approach to the homosexual agenda mm. is exactly the same as you know pastor well, me and you would have been a crime a hundred years ago, right here in this this country, yeah. the great United States, uh, 200 years ago, we would have been in our very existence a crime. Like Trevor Noah <laughs> says yeah. in his um, comedy, he was born a crime. Born a crime, yeah. Who, who decided that, right? Right. And so that's that's the thing about it is, um, this is what we have to deal with as a as a as a matter of human interactions in society. Yeah. But every generation has had their visceral reaction to something, whether right. it was blackness. Right. Whether it was femininity, whether it was tribal, mm. you know, I, I am from this tribe, uh, you know, and you are from that tribe. And so therefore you, you know, I remember um, somebody saying growing up that um, Indians are worse than dogs. Yeah. So so you you have i'm i'm in the middle of the of the of an urban city in, mm. in kenya and you have somebody walking around who believes that indians are worse than dogs yeah so you tell me what happens when there's a sudden blackout mm. and uh people start running um you know across town yeah and there's an indian amongst them and this and, and a, a couple of people there think that indians are worse than dogs yeah you see yeah. Right there. Yeah. It doesn't matter what. It doesn't matter if this Indian has has married. It doesn't matter at yeah. that moment. If you are the other, and therefore I'm gonna react against you because I believe that you're worse than a dog. So that now, what do you do about that person that believes that Indians yeah. are worse than dogs, or that Kalenjins are like this, or that Kikuyus are like that? Uh huh. You know, there's there's all these otherizations that we have to deal with, and I think homosexuality is one of them. Right. It's just that homosexuality is a behavior. Well, or it manifests as as a behavior. Yeah. Right. This is this, this is this is gonna be yeah this is gonna be upsetting, which is I, I think it's good. I think it's upsetting from both b- both uh, ends, yeah, from your a, end a, as yeah. as a person that still uh, you know um, mm-hmm. wants to see good yeah. happen through the church. Yeah, and for me as a person that sees the church as being in the way of good, right? <laughs> you know. From yeah. both ends, from both it's a ends, very it, it, it's a conversation, it, it, and it, it is, is one that is gonna be 
calling out some people um so to the listeners listening you know you, you want to ask yourself why mm. is this so important whether you're a christian or not right why what? is it so important right that the homosexual uh community stops existing right. in your neighborhood right whether by by banishing them out or by yeah. converting them from 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 their homosexuality which is which right. is part of uh church's mission as well so i guess we have a lot to talk about a lot <laughs> yes sir all right well um well thank you sami this is uh, we're gonna have to end it at that and um we're gonna i think the the following couple of episodes will be delving into that whole conversations with uh, the gay community and uh seeing what that what that looks yeah. like well, thank you, man. Nice to hear from you and uh, to chat with you a little bit on this. This is going to be exciting. And, yes, sir. Uh, thank you for inviting me um, and waking me up at 3 o'clock in the morning. <laughs> You're welcome. As always, uh, we're embracing discomfort in all sorts of ways. <laughs> uh, right. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> I yeah. understand that. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we have, uh, we have uh, a new studio. This is our fourth studio. So this is uh, another exciting development on our journey through Evolve. So so uh, this is going to be very exciting. So, well, that's it. That's it for today's episode. Thank you, everyone, for listening. If you want to get in touch, you can always reach us through our social media pages, Evolve Radio Podcast. Let us know what your thoughts are, your comments, your feedback. Uh, Sammy, you have a blog that's up. Uh, is it up yet? It's not up yet. Okay. But yes, it okay. will be up. And uh, when, when that comes up, uh, we'll, we'll, I'll, we'll make an announcement we'll, we'll, about we'll it. Let, we'll let people know. Yeah. All right. Thanks, everybody, for listening. And uh, it's a good Bye from uh, Sami and I. We'll see you soon.